<laughs> On the road to victory. Hey, Ryan. Thinking about the Super Bowl? Fly, puppies, fly. Nah, I'm thinking about the Puppy Bowl. You brought puppies to the studio? Yep. I'm going to train these cute pups to be the next Puppy Bowl stars. Just as soon as they stop licking my face. Miss Waffles, sit. Mr. Rooney, get off my desk. I'm Pamela Kirkland. And I'm Ryan Willard. It's Wednesday, February 8th. This is the 10 News. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The doggone cutest, cuddliest sporting event airs February 12th. Puppy Bowl 19. Adoptable shelter pups from across the nation meet to compete for the, not Lombardi Trophy, which is what you win in the Super Bowl, but the... Lombarki Trophy. Over two hours, 122 puppies from 67 shelters and animal rescues will compete by taking toys into the end zone, just like a real football game, but with way more tail wagging. The Puppy Bowl celebrates the hard work of shelter staff and animal rescue employees and volunteers. But did you know the Puppy Bowl started as a joke? That's right. In 2005, Animal Planet held the first Puppy Bowl on the same day as a Super Bowl because they didn't think any show could ever compete with America's biggest human sporting event. Nowadays, the two-hour broadcast includes a pregame event, kitty halftime show, and a cheer squad. It's such a big event that they actually can't do it live. In fact, the Puppy Bowl is filmed over two whole days in October. That means that many of the pups you'll see in the Puppy Bowl are already adopted. But if you and your family see a pup you'd like to adopt, organizers say reach out to the shelter because your favorite Puppy Bowl competitor probably has some brothers or sisters who also need homes. You'll also see pups with special needs, senior dogs, and hear heartwarming adoption stories from past puppy bowls. And the audience gets to pick the game's MVP, Most Valuable Pup. Bracket voting has already started in the popularity playoffs. All that's left to do is to tune into Animal Planet and Discovery Plus at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Sunday, February 12th to see which pups, Team Rough or Team Fluff, win big. Oh, don't forget your team, Ryan. Team Puff. Oh, they're training for next year. Speaking of which, I got to go teach them how to score field goals. Come on, Mochi. Let's go, Tebow. (laughs) Welcome to the halftime segment of our Puppy Bowl episode. Yes, the Puppy Bowl is coming up and we are insanely excited about it, but the Super Bowl is also coming up and I'm also pretty hyped. The Kansas City Chiefs won their last Super Bowl in 2020 and will be going up against the Philadelphia Eagles who won their last Super Bowl in 2017. A random fun fact for Eagles fans, in 2017, the Golden State Warriors won the NBA Finals, the Houston Astros won the World Series, and the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl. Awesome! And in 2022, the Warriors once again won the NBA Finals and the Houston Astros also won the World Series, so... Does this mean the Eagles are destined to win as well? Not so fast. Kansas City could win the Super Bowl. They have the same head coach quarterback combination they had when they won in 2020. 
The Chiefs also have one of the best postseason pass catchers in NFL history, tight end Travis Kelsey. If you want to find out who wins, you can catch the Super Bowl on February 12th on Fox. Tenors, we want to know who you're rooting for. Did your team make it to the Super Bowl, or are you hoping for better luck next year? Call 877-TENNEWS and leave us a message. Now, back to the Puppy Bowl. The Puppy Bowl is the barkingest event on TV. We wanted to know what it's like to wrangle 100 puppies. So I sat down with Puppy Bowl referee Dan Shackner to get the inside scoop. Dan, I understand you've been doing this for quite a while now. Yes. Um, Tell me about how you ended up with the world's best job. That is what I've slowly come to realize that it is really a dream job. Animal Planet knew me as a host. Um, this is how I've been trained. Always love dogs, but also, also, no joke, always love sports. And so my initial work as a, as a host or, you know, working was simply in doing a job that has no job description other than you're refing dogs, right? <laughs> So that is amazing. It was amazing. And it was only, and I, and I don't say this, that I'm amazing. I'm saying, cause it was amazing in the sense that it was so unique, no job description, no blue pl- blueprint for the whole thing. So I, I went ahead and I was like, all right, let's go ahead and make the most of this. I love that. And as much as we love watching, you know, the doggos go at it for the gridiron gold. Um, I love that, you know, the mission is the adoption portion of it, that it's getting, these dogs out there so that they can hopefully find their forever homes. And I just wonder why that is so important to you that it's not just, you know, for the fun of watching the dogs kind of go at it and the, the joy that that brings us, but also about the adoption portion. I'm going to tell you why, because no joke, I am the audience that we are trying to, I was the audience that, Puppy Bowl is aiming for. I was a person who didn't know much about animal adoption. Under, I understood animals could be adopted or they could be bought from a breeder or a pet store or something like that. But I didn't quite, you know, I knew there were options to getting a dog. Of course, we grew up with dogs. Um, didn't really think about where they came from, right? And th- being aware of where they came from, what organization was behind them, if it was a reputable organization, um, that suddenly became very important. We're starting to get our arms around it, but no matter how much you do, there is still more dogs up for adoption or available than there are homes to put them in. Technically, it's not true. The fact, the, the stat is, and this is a proven stat, if um, every home in America were to not even, not even adopt, but temporarily foster, right? Um, I'm a big proponent of fostering, which is that little stepping stone between the two. We would clear the shelters. Um, now, we don't need every home in America to do, to do that. We just need a few more um, to solve the problem. But I guess that is why it matters so much to me is that coming into this job, I was like, yeah, different ways to get a dog, no problem. Once I got took on this role, once I learned these puppies' backstories, this one was abandoned in Kentucky and found on the side of the road, but rescued, you know, by a wonderful organization. This one was part of a litter that was surrendered to a shelter because the family didn't know the mom was pregnant and had to return, you know. It, like every dog comes from a, from a story. And when you hear all these stories from across the country, this year, again, I'm jumping ahead, but it's an important message I don't want to lose. We have 11 special needs dogs. 
from, again, across the country. Again, years ago, people wouldn't have thought of adopting a special needs dog. I certainly wouldn't have. Um, we Again, we foster. I, I was grateful enough to foster a special needs dog two years ago. It is the, one of the most incredible experiences you can imagine. So fulfilling. You know how grateful they are. And watching these guys on Puppy Bowl, we have Joey who's in a wheelchair because his, his front leg, he was born without front legs. And he's got two little wheels instead of front legs. And to see him zip across the stage with a football in his mouth is incredible. We've got Marmalade this year who is sight and hearing impaired. And yes, their safety is always at the top of our list. So we have handlers on there to make sure that they're safe. But to see this dog who is sight and hearing play with the footballs the same way the other dogs do. So the message we're trying to get across is that like any dog out there in a shelter, there's just keep an open mind. There is more than likely a potential match for you out there. So again, I was a converted audience member, right? I, I became a, not just, I started off as a fan and I became a total convert. I can't wait to see Marmalade in action. I like to think of those as the extra special players because, you know, they give extra love, I think. Do you have any favorite competitors from years past or that you're looking forward to watching again? Pamela, you know I'm an official of this game. It is not, it would be unconscionable for me to pick a favorite. However, uh, I am partial this year to any special needs dog, like I mentioned, um, because I know that they've had to struggle a little bit harder than the other dogs that are on the field. So I heard a rumor that the uh, handlers maybe help encourage the puppies to participate with some treats. Is uh, that true? Oh, yeah. We, yeah. I, I'm, I'm here to confirm the rumor. Okay. We'll, I'm not above bribing um, the animals. Now, let's be clear. I cannot be bribed. Okay, you can't throw treats in my face and say, call this or call that or give him a touchdown or give him a penalty. No, no, no. Uh, however, if a dog is on the sideline, say um, we call it, we have many different names for sleeping, right? Uh, slumber on the sidelines, siesta on the 16, wallflowering, <laughs> um, illegal napping. We have a million different ways to say it, but dogs do fall asleep. They're between three and six months of age. They're untrained puppies. They're going to do what puppies do. So, um, the behind the scenes of it is that yes, dogs fall asleep all the time and you need to energize them a little bit and be like, give them some motivation. So yes, the handlers, myself, whatever we need to do, not by the way, not to make a score, all the scoring that you see on Puppy Bowl, the, the, the touchdowns and the pen, the quote unquote penalties, they are all 100% real. We do, we never influence that. That is real scoring. I'm simply saying getting on the field. <laughs> NFL players, nobody's got to tell Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen to get on that field, okay? You know, the whistle blows, they're there. Puppies need a little bit more than a whistle being blown. They need to, like, I can blow my whistle all day long. I am not going to get both teams lining up at the line of scrimmage. Um, so, yes, treats are important. <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm glad to know how it works. And since we're talking about the inner workings of the Puppy Bowl, I understand you guys film in advance. Uh, why do you film so far in advance? I'll tell you. If we did the Puppy Bowl live, it would be real cute. And remember, it's a three-hour event. It'd be real cute. Um, there wouldn't be quite as much action as you are used to in a game. The scoring might take a little longer. The penalties might take a little longer to call and create, or I should say examine and, you know, call. 
And the reason being is when you got 122 dogs, they're never on the field at once, of course, and you're cycling in different groups. In the first quarter, it's the smaller breeds, and we work our way up to the fourth quarter where you have the giant sheepdogs, babies still, but sheepdogs. Um, you've got to showcase as many different breeds as possible, as many different shelters as possible. We have 67 different shelters from across the country. You know, we're trying to it's show a rainbow of dogs and shelters and breeds and everything. In order to do that carefully and safely, we do have to cycle them in in small groups. And I mean, I'm sure the puppies need a bathroom break every so often. Doesn't matter. They take a bathroom break right on the field. No, they, they there's no discretion there. <laughs> <laughs> Have they ever had a little bathroom break incident on you, on the ref? I don't even know what kind of offense that would be. Pamela, uh, it, well, this, again, the, uh, several different ways to say it. You know, uh, you could call it fertilization of the field. There you go. You could call uh, terrorizing the ref. You could, if it's <laughs> on me, you could say piss interference. Um, tinkle on the 20. Uh, if it's a number two, then a number two on the two. Oh, there There's lots of ways to say it, right? Um Here's the thing to answer that question. It's not rare for them to do it. It's rare if they don't do it. <laughs> They're only three months old and no training. So if they don't pee, it's weird. Like, it's like, wait, is this guy all right? He's been on, on the field for half an hour and hasn't tinkled once. So, um, yeah, it's just part of it. And look, if we showed every time they peed, it really would be the poopy bowl. It wouldn't be the puppy bowl. So we can't. We've got to pick our battles there. Love it. Um, and so I guess I have to ask you at least one serious football question. Are you rooting for the Eagles or the Chiefs? Um, I, I am a sports fan. I will tell you my official answer. Um, as a representative of Animal Planet, I am partial to any team that is animal themed. But my personal yes on the human side, I'm calling it for the Eagles. I think it's their year. Aside from watching the Puppy Bowl on television, how else can fans tune in this year? Yes, this year I'm proud to announce that not only are we on Animal Planet, we're also on Discovery, we're on TBS, and we're also streaming on both Discovery Plus and HBO Max. That's big for us. So there's many places to watch Puppy Bowl. Um, and then on, if you happen to be in the New York area and you want to celebrate Puppy Bowl uh, prior to the game or watch it during the game, I'm hosting Pup Rallies. And tailgating, yes, pun intended. And during the Puppy Bowl, we're hosting viewing parties. So just, um, yeah, look, look out for those as well. Tailgating. How did I not think of that as no, a joke to weave into this? So easy. <laughs> well, I personally cannot wait to watch another Puppy Bowl. Dan, thank you so much for spending time with us on The 10. You too. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Pamela and Dan. <gasps> oh, there goes my alarm. Time to give some smooches to my pooches. Wait for me. Welcome, Welcome to the, the trivia, trivia room. room. Thank you. All right, Dan, hop on up on the trivia throne for today's pup-related trivia question. What is going on here? Trivia on the ten. Now, cheetahs are the fastest land animals. They can reach speeds of 75 miles per hour. But there's a breed of dog that could win a race against a cheetah. Do you know which breed? Is it A, golden retrievers, B, greyhounds, or C, Rhodesian Ridgebacks? Tenors, did you guess it? Dan, what's your answer? I mean, Ridgebacks are fast too, but greyhounds can go like 40 something miles an hour. So I think it's the greyhound. The answer is 
B. Greyhounds. Cheetahs can run at 75 miles per hour, much faster than the 45 miles per hour greyhounds run. But greyhounds can run at a speed of 35 miles per hour for up to seven miles, whereas cheetahs can only run their fastest for 30 seconds. So in a race, cheetahs would tire out quickly, leaving the greyhounds winners. On your marks, get set, go! Tenors, do you want to sit on the trivia throne and share your trivia knowledge? Use our phone line and call one 888 news That's one 888 to get in touch, and we might have you on the show. How are the pups doing? Um, you know, training dogs is a lot harder than it sounds. Rooney, heal. Heal! Ah! <laughs> you okay, Rye? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. We should give some special 10 new steps to one of our listeners. But before we do, here's a quick note for the grown-ups. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages. Teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health Podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Time for some 10 new snaps. Tenor Panda Bear 7398 wrote this review of the 10 news. Great podcast for kids from 8 to 13. Love it. Fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. Thanks, Panda Bear, and thanks for listening to the 10 News. 10 Things You Need to Know drops every Tuesday, and our in-depth reports drop every Wednesday. But if you want some bonus content, you can join the Tenors Club on our website or on Apple Podcasts. The 10 News is a co-production of Small But Mighty Media and Next Chapter Podcasts. The 10 News creative team is fostering puppies and includes Tracy Crooks, Pete Musto, and Tessa Flannery. Our production director is Jeremiah Tittle, and our executive producers are Donald Albright and show creator Tracy Leeds Kaplan. I'm Ryan Willard. And I'm Pamela Kirkland. Thanks for listening to the 10 News. I'm off to go tailgating. Get it? Tailgating? Because the puppies? Have you ever wondered who the Mary was from Bloody Mary? If the Loch Ness Monster was real, or if Ouija boards actually worked? On each episode of the family-friendly Unspookable, 
We look at the histories and mysteries behind your favorite scary stories, myths, and urban legends to get the real stories behind the scares. Want to solve your next mystery? Find and follow Unspookable now wherever you get your podcasts. 